Yo, everybody, welcome to the Fastest 40 is episode 18 before Super Bowl 56. We're going to get you guys prepped for the game tomorrow. My name is Dan, and I've got Trey. We're back, baby. We're back in the fucking studio. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It feels good to be back. It feels so good to be back. <laughs> uh, February 12th. Let's get after it, Dan. Yes, sir. Let's get high. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. 40. All right, everybody, we're going to jump in with pregame stretches as usual. These are presented by CS Designs, our friend Corey Sanders. Always hooking it up for us in the graphic game, putting together that premium content that you guys are seeing on the socials. You can check him out at www.coreysandersdesigns.com or visit his Instagram at CS Designs Official and you can see how he's helped some of those other companies out there. Whether it's a sports team, whether it's Bass Pro Shops, this guy's putting together the best premium content to get your videography, photography, graphic design, and web design up and running for your brand. We're wanting to market to that target audience, and Corey listens to you when he puts that stuff together. So check him out. I'll give you the website one more time. Don't forget it, www.coreysandersdesigns.com. All right, let's hop into these coaching hires. The cycle just wrapped up from the last time we did our show. <clears throat> At that time, the Texans and Saints job was still open. It was looking like it was going to be Lovey Smith or Brian Flores for the Texans, Eric Bieniemy or Dennis Allen for the Saints, and it turns out Lovey Smith and Dennis Allen got those jobs, plus all the other guys that were hired since you were last on the show, Trey. I mean, we've seen over a quarter of the league get new coaches, new leadership. How do you feel about some of these hires? Um, I think the two biggest hires have to be the Raiders and the Giants. I think Josh McDaniel. Um, is a huge hire for the Raiders, and maybe they can pull something out of Derek Carr with the his last couple of years here in the league. And then uh, Brian up in uh, from uh, Buffalo, uh, he was the OC at Buffalo, right? Mm -hmm. He's got some good experience leading that team on the offensive side of things. So I think he can bring a lot to the Giants. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I'm, they're missing a lot more pieces than the Raiders are. Obviously, the Raiders were a, a playoff team just this year, mm -hmm. so. Josh McDaniels walking into a lot more than um, Brian Dabul is, but um, those are my two biggest hires this year. Man, my favorite hire has to be Doug Peterson for Jacksonville. I think the Jacksonville job, although they were like the worst team in the league last year, was the most enticing. Like if I was a head coach candidate looking at jobs, I would factor in everything that the Jags have to offer, which is a young rookie, well, I guess it would be a first-year quarterback now, and Trevor Lawrence, who's the number one overall pick. They've got the most salary cap going into 2022, so plenty of money. They have a lot yep. of draft capital. And, you know, it's uh, they've got an ownership group that's kind of, you know, it seems like they're a little more focused on winning the last couple of years. Um, so 
I'm really excited to see how Doug Peterson does over there, and he's bringing in familiar faces and building that coaching staff up. And I hope he, you know, can establish the culture the way that it needs to be established in Jacksonville. Right on. Yeah, I could see that. I didn't really think about that angle of it. Of I was kind of thinking of <clears throat> how do we produce right now? Right. Um, and then the level of talent and the head coaches that are going in. I like Brian Dable for the uh, Giants as well because he. He already said in his press conference, I'm not calling the plays here in New York. But he brought in guys that are going to be solid at doing their job, and he's right. going to delegate those jobs out. So, I mean, he's got – he took Kafka from us right, as yeah, their I offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. And they got Don Wink Martindale, who led the Ravens' defenses over the last decade to those dominance and, and doing some of the things that they've been able yeah, to do. Yeah, I mean, that's so pretty, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. The job I do not love – or the higher I do not love, rather, is Dennis Allen for the Saints. The Saints said that they needed they needed to fill two requirements for their head coaching position. Someone who's familiar with the Saints, which he is. He was their DC. And can you fog a mirror? <laughs> and can you <laughs> <laughs> And are you breathing? <laughs> so the other one was actually uh have you been a head coach before? Oh, okay. Which Dennis Allen was for the Raiders. He won eight games in two and a half seasons. Oh, yeah, nice. So that's hell the kind of a... guy you want to build some culture. Yeah, that's a hell of a <laughs> resume. All right, so let's jump into these Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees. We had kind of a <laughs> mediocre class, if you ask me. I mean, there's there's a couple. I mean, obviously, anyone who gets in the Hall of Fame, it's a huge honor, and, and that, that person had to have done something pretty solid in the NFL to get there <clears throat> but it seems like it was like a bunch of guys that have been waiting for a decade or two and they're like you know what we'll pause any new any first ballots this year and just plug in all these randos so we had a couple of guys Tony Baselli, left tackle for the Jaguars played seven years I mean the guy was part of the 90s all decade team was one of the first he is the first Jaguar to make the pro football hall of fame so I mean that's big for a young franchise They've only been around since, like, 95, so uh, still plenty of time to, to bring guys in. You got Le Leroy Butler for the, the Packers, was one of their best safeties during the 90s, won the Super Bowl with them and Brett Favre. Sam Mills, who was a part of that linebacker tandem with, like, Ricky Henderson and those guys down in, um, in New Orleans. <clears throat> then you have Richard Seymour. Defensive end for the Patriots. We all know about what Absolutely, he was able to yeah. do throughout his yeah. career. I think he's probably... Uh, one of the more notable guys from this class. Right, for our age, for sure, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 2000s All-Decade team, three-time champ. Bryant Young was a defensive tackle in the 90s and early 2000s. Multiple-time All-Pro, Comeback Player of the Year, Super Bowl champion. Cliff Branch, a receiver for the Raiders from the 70s. He actually led the league in some passing categories and was able to be an All-Pro a few times, won all three of the Raiders championships with that organization. So I think that's one of the low-key, like, more prestigious picks from this class. Right on. Yeah, I can see that. Not the not not the next one, though. Not the next one, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to take away from whatever contributions he may have done. I don't know a ton about this guy, but he was an official, a referee. And any time a referee gets inducted to the Hall of Fame, I feel like it's just a slap in the face. How many games did this guy fuck up, I wonder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that could go for anybody on the list, right? How many uh, drop passes did this guy right. have or miss sacks? Or... But I'm, I'm sure he feels honored. <laughs> yeah. Is he the only ref to ever be in the Hall of Fame, or what's the story I mean, that? there's a few others. 
I mean, if I'm picking a ref to go to the Hall of Fame, it's got to be Ed Hockley. Oh, 100%. He's got Hall of Fame biceps. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, wrapping up the Hall of Fame class is actually somebody that I feel is pretty special to me, and I'm sure you feel the same way from the contributions he was able to make for the Chiefs, but it's Dick Vermeil, who was a head coach in the league pretty much since the 70s. You got to see him in that. Uh, they made a movie about Vince Papali, <laughs> Invincible, and Dick Vermeil was the head coach of the Eagles at that time when they had that tryout, so it was cool, like, even as a kid, just seeing that movie is like, holy shit, that was the coach for the Chiefs. Right. You know, during the, the 2003 season when Priest Holmes rushed for 27 uh, rushing touchdowns or 28, whatever the number was, and Tony Gonzalez and all those guys were just crushing it. Yep. Nine-game win streak that was ended by the Bengals that year. Mm. Ended up going 13-3 and losing a game where no team punted in the playoffs against the Colts. So, um a lot of great accomplishments that Dick Vermeil was able to put together. Two-time coach of the year, Super Bowl champion with the Rams in 99, greatest show on turf. <clears throat> he also won over 100 games and was 6-5 and five in the postseason. So a lot of accomplishments, a lot of great things that he was able to do. And, you know, I was actually watching uh, just some some folks talk about him, like Priest Holmes and, yeah, yeah, and a few too. guys. And yep. Willie Rofe said something that stuck out to me more than anything is that he still calls all of his yeah, former right. players to check on him. It right. doesn't matter who they were. Yep. He just cared about them as people. And that was um, just a couple guys that we heard from from the Chiefs, right? We don't know who who else he's calling or, or keeping in touch with from either the Rams or the Eagles or coaching right. staffs that he was a part of at other places. So, yeah, that's definitely speaks to the kind of man he was outside of the kind of coach he was. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So huge congratulations to Dick Vermeil. I think, you know, what he was able to to accomplish in the league over pretty much three, four decades almost. Um, it's pretty fantastic and well-respected guy, well-deserved, without a doubt. <clears throat> so the NFL awards happened on Thursday night, <laughs> and pretty much everything you'd expect to happen happened. Right. I mean, there was there was no surprise, no... Uh, in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of close races outside of comeback player of the year, which was pretty much between Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow. Yep. You know, um, MVP ended up was Aaron Rodgers, which he won the fan vote <clears throat> that we put on earlier in the in the uh, playoffs. And I mean, how do you feel about the MVP award at this point? I'm kind of over it. Yeah, I think I was kind of over it. I don't think there was an MVP at the level there was since Pat won it, right? Mm -hmm. That was an absolute dominating performance we saw week in and week week out from Pat. Yeah. This year, let's take a look at Pat or um, Aaron Rodgers' record, right? He had that slump week one against New Orleans. He gets blown out thirty-five to three or wherever that score was. Right. And he throws numerous <clears throat> interceptions. Everybody's thinking Aaron Rodgers is done or, you know, his offseason completely fucked up his, his whole regular season this year. Right. Um, and then he, he misses a game, maybe two. Does he miss two games after the game uh, we played him? But he for sure did play against us. Oh, he only missed the one. Okay. Yeah. So he for sure did play against us. Um, so I, I, he's, I think he had the best season as far as, you know, the quarterback, it's yeah. a quarterback award, right? You've said that numerous times, mm -hmm. and, and it really is. Um, so as far as quarterbacks go, I think he, he has to be the guy. 
But then again, you know, who had a more dominating performance, Aaron Rodgers, Cooper Cup, or Jonathan Taylor? I mean, I think you got to give it to Cooper Cup. I, I I think those other two guys, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, had better seasons than Aaron Rodgers did. I totally agree. I mean, Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown, which is something that has not been done very many times. Receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Led all three categories among any pass catcher in the league, tight ends included. Right. So... I mean, a lot. there's a lot to be said by that, which is why he won the Offensive Player of the Year award over Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, if there was a most improved award, you'd probably give it to Jonathan Taylor, uh, but we don't have that in the NFL. <clears throat> and then you're looking at DPOY, which it's like T.J. Watt finally got what was due to him last year. I thought he should have won this award last year. He should be a two-time DPOY. Uh, last year, Aaron Donald got it, which it's hard to argue Aaron Donald, but if you had compared the stats side by side, and we probably talked about this last year, T.J. Watt beat him in every category, and I'm pretty sure played less games. And, you know, he's able to get 22 and a half sacks, tie the record, and he only did it in, I think he missed three games this season or four games. Right. So there's, there's no telling what he would have been able to do otherwise, which, you know, uh, the the – one of the more dominating performances we saw in NFL history was Reggie White getting 20 and a half and just 12. Right. So, <laughs> you know, when you compare those two guys, I mean, that's Hall of Fame caliber play. Absolutely, 100%. Couldn't agree more. <clears throat> so when it come to the rookie awards, it's Jamar Chase for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't think that was even a contest. I don't either. And no. Defensive Rookie of the Year is Micah, Micah Parsons, who was, sec- you know, runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year altogether. Right. Yep. So. If he had won DPOI, it would have been the first time that a rookie has won the award since Lawrence Taylor. Damn. So, speaks volumes to that kind of player. Yeah, yeah. Comeback player of the year, which in my opinion was the closest race, uh, ended up going to Joe Burrow. (laughs) I mean, he turned around a team that was bottom of the division, ended up winning the division, going to the playoffs as a four seed winning the AFC Championship and taking his team to a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, it doesn't get more comeback than that. Right. I think if you just look at regular season between uh, Joe, Joe Burrow and Dak, I think you still give it to Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, mean, oh, I totally agree. He controlled games and, and was much more of an impact to his team than I think Dak was. Yeah. And, I th- you know, Joe Burrow was uh, top of the lead- leaderboard in passing yards and passing touchdowns. I think he was second in yards. Uh, to Tom Brady, so <clears throat> to to put that kind of a season together after tearing your ACL uh, the, in your rookie season, I mean, it's his second year in the NFL. Right. Um, not a lot of tape on him yet. I'm sure things will be a little different after, after this year maybe, but uh, to come back from that is pretty huge. And then Coach of the Year's Mike Vrabel, hands down, was the favorite, and I don't think you can give it to anyone else. Yep, agreed. Um, awesome, so... That's all we've got for the pregame stretches. Let's move our way into some, uh, it's Let's Chief. That's what we're going with now. Let's Chief it up. Roll them up, baby. (laughs) This is presented by E-Coffee, our KC local coffee company that we partner with. They do some great things over there. www.eeroastscoffee.com. You can check out their Instagram and their socials at eeroastscoffee. They offer subscriptions. They source their beans from all over the world, Ethiopia, the Congo, Colombia, bringing you those premium beans, roasting them to perfection, grinding them or serving them up whole bean for you to grind at home. They really do offer full-service coffee 
anything that you need. If you love supporting KC local businesses or local businesses in general, you know, anyone can get coffee from Starbucks or those other companies. But to get something that's locally produced, you know, really just takes it to another level, especially with the care that they put in, you know, not just another drop in the in the coffee mug, so to speak. So mm. uh, give them a check, www.eeroastcoffee.com. The Chiefs, man, it's kind of hard to talk about the team right now. Yeah, so this one was, it's it's been tough to swallow. So uh, even yesterday in the car, Katie was like, I can't believe it's Super Bowl weekend. And honestly, I was like, yeah, I'm really not. Because it feels like somebody stole from us, right? Like somebody, you know, pushed us down and took my wallet and shook yeah. me and, until all the change fell out of my pocket, you know? Right. I but just yeah. got my bike stolen by the neighborhood bully. Right, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I I agree 100%. I don't, that's not going to change, you know. Is it took us until August, September, until we felt all right about that Super Bowl loss. You know, it still doesn't feel right. You know, you want you want to win every game, but um, and it because it feels like you can't come back and and redeem yourself. Right. Right? You're just done. You're done. All right, you got eight months to to wait for the next game. All right, cool, thanks. Great, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Literally cannot yeah. wait. <laughs> no, and it is. And the, the tough part, it's like, you know, we, you and I, a lot of the people that listen to the show too, we surround ourselves with all of this football and NFL content constantly. And the story of the week or the last two weeks, which is a little different than what, you know, most teams have to suffer for a loss is, you know, the Chiefs choked. Right. You know, yep. They're, they're all these jokes are coming out. I mean, just watching the NFL awards show, Keegan Michael Key dropped his his one liner, and obviously Travis Kelsey wasn't too thrilled about that no. sitting front row for that award show. But you know, it's just tough. Uh, we're going to be the butt of a lot of jokes in the off season. We're getting memed up right now, and uh, it is what it is. You just got to swallow the 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 heartache a little bit. Yeah. Pass that lump in your throat and. Get ready for uh, for September, um, you know, and and we as fans take the loss hard, but can you imagine what those guys actually playing the game feel with right. this? Absolutely. Like they have yeah. to feel like you work your ass off so hard for however long, you know, throughout the year to to go out and win a Super Bowl, and that's absolutely the expectation in Kansas City, right? So anything short of that <clears throat> is failure. You know, there's teams out there that go to the playoffs, like the Raiders, for instance. They're probably thinking. We had a great season, guys. We went to the playoffs this year. We were there before. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's not it's not the situation, Kansas City. Right. Yeah. It's a different expectation, a different different level of success that has been achieved. And so now that's the constant as long as we have this core group of guys, Mahomes, Reed, uh, Hill, Kelsey, those kind of guys, you know, it's it's gonna be uh it's the floor now is Super Bowl. Yep. So I rewatched the Chiefs 2018 highlights, which is actually funny. I was watching that Tuck Rule 30 for 30 last night, and uh, as soon as I finished that up, just on the ESPN Plus app, was kind of going through some content because I just need some background noise when I'm doing football things. And came across the 2018 Chiefs season recap. Man, it just looks like a totally different team. To be honest with you, and they, it is a different team. You know, we we don't have a lot of those players from that era. It's it's almost like that era that window is closing a little bit. Oh yeah, not our championship window, but just that chapter of the Chiefs is kind of coming to an end because we only have eight of those twenty two starters under contract going into next season, and 
the team just looks so much younger, hungrier, full of life, healthier. I mean, just all of these things that make them look like a dangerous contending team. And I feel like we didn't really see that a whole lot this year. It seemed like there was a little bit of a cloud hanging over the team. And I don't know if it's Super Bowl hangover or what, but um, even though we had a successful season, it looked like it was maybe harder to do than what it's been in, in the last couple of years. I agree 100%. We talked about that numerous times throughout the year, specifically around you know week five to week eight when we were on that losing streak. But I think another part to that is that the the NFL has closed the gap. Like, we sat on a pedestal and everybody's like, holy shit, the Chiefs are going to be good for 15 years and nobody's going to touch them. Here we are two years later, three years later, and everybody's closed the gap. We're looking at Herbert, Burrow. I mean, look at just the AFC quarterbacks that we're going to have to compete with every year just to get in the playoffs. There's like six quarterbacks that are probably top 10 ranked quarterbacks right, in the AFC exactly. alone. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we're going to have to compete with that every year to get into the playoffs. And then once you get in, you're going to have to beat those guys to get to the Super Bowl, right? Right. And that's that's not just for the Chiefs. That goes for Herbert, and that goes for Joe Burrow. So we are at advantage against those guys as of right now as it stands, but... You know, those guys are going to get their shots and they're going to they're going to steal from us at times like we just saw. Right. And, you know, this really reminds me of that era of quarterbacks that we got to watch growing up. The Manning, Roethlisberger, Brady, of course, yep. uh, you know, Philip Rivers was in the mix for quite a number of years. Yep. Manning, uh, Eli Manning. That's yep, what I mean. right, and, right, right. and so there's like all these quarterbacks that we were able to watch in that era and we're seeing all those guys they're now all retired now that ben roethlisberger and uh brady have retired rogers really the only one hanging on breeze another quarterback yeah, that right, had a lot of yeah, success during yeah. that time but that window's closed and there was like a brief overlap you know where that guard that old guard of quarterback was aging and mahomes was the leading the charge for the new uh, grouping of quarterbacks well, now, like what you said, that, that gap has been closed because a lot of those guys are now in the league, maturing, getting to that point where they're contending, and teams are building around them really well, and they just so happen to all be in the AFC, which right. is uh, you know pretty unfortunate for how it spun out for us. But that just means if we wade through those tough waters of the AFC playoffs, then when we get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be kind of a, an easier front, to be honest with you, with all the char- uh, challenges that you have to face in the playoffs in the AFC in the future, I think it's going to give you a little more confidence going to the Super Bowl. It's like, man, we just beat all these quarterbacks. They're all top five, and they're all this or that. I think the AFC is going to be the heavy favorite for the next 10, 15 years as far as winning Super Bowls, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Just to go back to that point, look at the level of talent that we're looking at in the AFC compared to the NFC. Right. And, you know, another interesting point is that there's no team in the NFL that's played more games than the Chiefs since 2018. Uh, we, we're averaging damn near 20 games a season <laughs> over four years. So it's a lot of wear and tear on those guys, especially now that they're approaching their 30s, uh, you know, not, uh, much shorter off seasons than what some of these other teams are getting. And it's only by a couple weeks, a month or whatever, but that's that shit adds up. I mean, yeah. you see it in the NBA year after year when when – you know, LeBron James has taken his team to the finals every year, and right. then they come back the next year all battered up and miss games and things like that. So, um, you know, just some attrition. Agreed. I think we need to get over. And I think they, those guys need to focus up a little bit. You know, we see them in the off season, kind of uh, just jacking around, honestly. Tyree Kill goes to a 
a hockey game and slams a bunch of beers in front of everyone after losing three days ago. So it's like, you know, I don't want to tell anybody how to deal with the pain of a loss or anything, and I'm not saying you shouldn't live your life, but I've seen a lot of partying during the season this year that was kind of like, damn, are you really focused? Do you care? Right, <laughs> yep. And you know. that, that, not just that, but the, that goes for the coaching staff too. we got to handle our off-season shit, right? Yeah. So hopefully uh, Coach Reed can have his shit figured out in the off-season and or his uh, outside life is, is all figured out with his son, and we, we can move on from that too as well. 100%. I think that was, a, especially earlier in the season, it was still fresh. There's still a lot of things going on with, with figuring that terrible situation out. So hopefully he can wrangle that in and exactly what you said steer the ship so with that being said we've got a lot of off-season needs you know there's a lot of gaps to fill a lot of player contracts to figure out moves to make i mean if i'm looking at our roster as a whole um you know we've got Derek Nadi who's entering free agency jaron reed uh, we're probably going to cut ben neiman hitchens Charverius Ward's a free agent. Just that whole defense is going to need an entire makeover, the same way that we did our offensive line last offseason. Right. Tyron Matthew being the biggest name on defense that yep. we need to figure out what we want to do with him. Right. So if I'm looking at the needs of our roster, I think with the way that Spagnolo runs his defense, which is obviously who we're going to stick with again, it all starts with being able to generate pressure with your front four. Because his whole MO is to not really – they don't blitz a ton besides when it's 3rd and 27 and the game's on the line. And they do a lot of complex disguise coverages. Right, right. So it all starts with being able to get that pressure on the front four and supplement your corners, which they don't really put a lot of resources into. I think I agree. I think it starts with the draft. So just looking overall big picture, I don't want to dive too deep. I'm here on offseason needs. But big picture, I think you got to utilize the draft for the defense. I think we got to go young, mm-hmm. and I think we got to utilize the free agency for the offensive needs. Right? Yeah. It's not a, it's not as dire of a need right now on the offensive side. We need a solid number two, absolutely. Right. But with what we already have on offense, people are going to want to come play for, for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. You want to play for Pat Mahomes. You want to or play with Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You want to play for Andy. Um, you want a shot at the Super Bowl, right? It's a guaranteed shot, right? You know, if you join right. the squad. So, right. um, I think the luster of playing for the Chiefs isn't as high as it was in previous off seasons because of all the teams that are coming up. Like the Bills are going to be a desired destination. The Ravens are going to have a lot of rebuilding to do as well. But you know, that's still there. You're still playing for Mahomes. We saw it with Brady for a number of years where he was pulling guys in off of you know, whatever team he wanted, whether it was a trade or, or an off season addition. So <clears throat> the needs there. And, uh, I think players are going to definitely have a desire to do that. And I think the biggest problem for us is that we have our biggest needs at the most premium positions. As far as money goes, edge rusher, cornerback, wide receiver. Those are all high dollar, uh, offensive tackle. Right. Those are all yeah. high dollar needs. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. At some point, we're going to have to see that take fold, though. I mean, we're going to have to take a big hit. Mm-hmm. And when is it now, or is it in three years, or is it in two years? Because at some, at some point, Travis Kelsey is going to want some more money. Tyreek Hill is going to want some more money. He's due for an extension. We're going to have to make those decisions, you know, <laughs> right. like we are with Tyron Matthew right now. Are we going to pay the man? Man, that's tough to say. It is, especially and, his situation right now. Right. I just have, I, I'm so torn on that. 
I would love to have him back because he is our quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Agreed. he brings the passion, the fire, and he runs that defense. He's always putting people in position, that kind of thing. Agreed. So we got to have a plan to bring someone else like that into an intellectual player like that into the fold if we're going to let him walk. I, I, I agree, but I think Nick Bolton steps right into that. Nick Bolton plays 99.8% of the snaps next year. Instead of this bullshit of playing 60 to 70% of the snaps, right? he's our number one. Well, Hitchens he's will gonna, be gone. He's going to lead that defense 100% of the way. So, if, yeah, I agree that uh, Tyron Matthews is absolutely that guy, top to bottom of the defense, but next year he might just be the guy for the secondary. Maybe that's good though. Maybe maybe Nick Bolton handles the front seven, and then Tyron Matthews got the back five. So yeah, and usually you know it is the Mike linebacker four, that's hand four. that's quarter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> usually it is the Mike linebacker that's quarterbacking right. the defense. You know, right. so uh, it would be good for him to step into that, and I hope he picked up some nuggets from Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I mean, if, if we do it'd rely be hard on him, not to right? That guy's such a vocal and like in your face leader. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's definitely a motivator. Yeah, you know what I mean. So looking at some of the free agency players that you know we can take on, I mean, Emmanuel Ogba, bringing him back would be great for the defense. I think he showed a lot of promise. We need Melvin Ingram back. I, I think agree. we can get him on a team-friendly deal with some I incentives, agree. that kind of thing. But then everyone else that I'm looking at, Hassan Reddick, Dante, or, uh, yeah, Dante Fowler, Harold Landry, those guys are going to be pricey. They're young. They're coming off of rookie deals. They're going to want to get paid. Yep. And then cornerback, you know, the only corner that I would even want to put resources into is J.C. Jackson. I think we should let Charvarius Ward walk. I, I really am not interested in paying him. Uh, and maybe we go into the, exactly what you said, address some of those needs with the draft yep. and, and really invest into some corners yep. uh, with our capital that we have. Wide receiver is probably the deepest market for free agency. and Numerous, I mean... Numerous years, back to back to back to back, we're looking at wide receiver heavy in the free agency. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of good receivers that they're projecting to fall to us in the draft. Jameson Williams from Alabama. Chris uh, Olave from Ohio State is another big one. Uh, Drake London from USC. I think those are the top three receivers that they've had projected to fall to us. And, And it just so happens that those three guys are like top five draft prospects for the receiver position yeah i don't see us picking a receiver i don't see us going offense in the first two rounds you don't think so or three rounds no i would be fine with a receiver there like james if we took williams there although i want a big body guy yeah like uh like the guy from ohio state but uh, which actually the drake london from usc is six five uh, so having a guy like that maybe he doesn't pan out like jonathan baldwin did i'd be stoked yeah. about that um, but I think I think I, I agree with you. If we if we don't draft a guy, then it means we signed somebody in free agency, which there's plenty of options to pull uh, some of these wide receivers for. You know what won't be that expensive. Allen Robinson might command a little bit, but you've got Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, both coming off of ACL injuries, who could you know come in for a bargain. Maybe they sign a one-year deal so they, they can retest free agency. Juju Smith-Schuster is kind of in the same boat, missed most of the season. And then you're looking at other guys that we could bring in if we miss on those big names, like DJ Shark, um, Sammy Watkins maybe comes back for a two mil. 
Mike Williams, Cordero Patterson, Will Fuller would fit the scheme really well with his speed. <clears throat> I mean, we're he's going to be kind of like a Sammy Watkins where he misses half the season, but yeah. <laughs> but at least it'd be you know another pass catching option, which is something we need beyond Byron Pringle. Yeah, no shit. So I got a scenario for you: sign one, cut one, trade one, like Mary fuck kill, but it's with the Chiefs. <laughs> I got to say we sign Orlando Brown. I, I, after all the work we did last year with the O-line, we can't we can't take a, another step backwards with the O-line. We have to maintain that structure. Mm-hmm. I think Orlando Brown's a big part of that. Cut Frank Clark. Um, we were talking to uh, Mr. Keith Hudson uh, this morning about, you know, Frank Clark is a half step behind everybody. Everybody. And he really is, you know. Um, and then trade four. I think I think you got to trade for the D line. You know, move some of those veteran players around, and maybe maybe that is a kind of a Frank Clark situation. D line for D line. Somebody's looking for a veteran. We're looking for a young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that can play a lot more snaps than what Frank Clark's playing. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I'm all right with taking that that risk with losing a veteran on the D line because you still got Chris Jones, right? Yeah, and you still have other experience throughout the the defense that'll that'll get us through. So, sign, cut, trade. That's what you got for me, brother. Yeah, man. If if I'm going and looking at it, I'm trying to look at it from a different angle than that, where I'm looking at what's on the market. So if I'm signing somebody, I really like DJ Chark. I think he's coming off of that you know that injury, but he's never really had a viable quarterback uh, throwing the ball to him. Like definitely not a guy the caliber of Patrick Mahomes is. So. Seeing him in the offense, he is a little bigger bodied. He's speedy too, got good hands. I think he'd be a great fit with us, and we can get him for for the low. Cut Anthony Hitchens. He's going to generate the most cap savings with the least amount of dead money as far as any of our players go. Uh, that contract was all-time bad. I think he's more of a system linebacker, and he just hasn't fit the system that we put him in. Right. And then you're looking at trade. I would love to trade for a D lineman as well, and the one I've got my eyes on is Josh Allen in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's got a lower cap hit. I think we can give up maybe a second round, or honestly, I would be fine with giving up a late first round pick for him. And the Jaguars are going to be hungry for that yep. capital. I was about to say that they're going to they're going to be willing to to give up some of that or give up Josh Allen for some of those picks and shit like that. Absolutely. Yep. I think a next runner up for for the trade has to be like Montez Sweat. Somebody like that coming out of Washington. The yep. Commanders. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, really big fan of that. There's some other trade candidates, though. I mean, the, the league is full of some players that we could see on the move, especially because of how poor some of these cap situations are. I mean, Michael Thomas is a huge, has huge trade potential because of his non-guaranteed money for this year. He's got like $22 million that they could shed just by trading him. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's something. It's it's a crazy number like that. <clears throat> Not that I would want to inherit <laughs> all of that money, yeah. but he's also a cut candidate. So if they end up cutting him because he doesn't want to restructure, right? So they can get that money back. So they're pretty much a hundred million over the cap right now. Um, I think that'd be a nice little uh, nice little scoop for the Chiefs. Absolutely. So let's run through twenty twenty two opponents for the Chiefs. Uh, home home opponents. We're looking at obviously you got your Chargers, Raiders, Broncos there in the division. Jags are coming to town. Tennessee Titans are coming to town. Buffalo once again comes to town. Seems like those guys 
if I'm a Buffalo fan, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? Why do I have to go to Arrowhead every <laughs> damn year? Well, it's like us playing the Patriots and the Ravens on the road right. for so long, yes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Rams also come to town, and then the Seahawks come to town. So we do have the NFC West next year, as we were mm. talking about earlier. Um, that's a tough division to play. Um, but with the Rams in town, Seahawks in town from the NFC West. Away teams, obviously we go back or travel to those AFC West teams, the Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. We also travel to Indianapolis to play the Colts, Houston to play the Texans, Cincy to play the Bengals in Cincy again. Then we go to Arizona for the Cardinals. Then we go to San Fran to play the Niners. And then we're looking like we're going to play Tampa Bay in that, Tampa Bay. That bonus game. Yep. <laughs> so uh, eight playoff teams, 12 teams against teams, or 12 games against teams with a winning record in 21. So um, as always, the Chiefs are loaded with a tough schedule. So mm-hmm. we're going to see that once again this year. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that as far as level of competition goes in the NFL, it's pretty pretty standard, right? We saw a lot of teams shift midseason this year. Right. So a lot of people's schedules flipped, right? So if you're looking at the Chiefs in week 7 or 8, you're like, fuck yeah, I want these Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then week 12, 13, you're like, holy shit, I don't want to play those guys. Yeah, so, their their um, defense got a little tougher at yeah, that Yeah, so run. a lot can happen, right? So um, that's what we're looking like for 2022 opponents. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season, and it just got longer last year, adding that extra game. So, you know, you're looking at you're looking at a lot of these teams we're going to play next year, which, you know, while they were good this year, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover this offseason, a lot of players moving around. I think the Buccaneers won't be as dangerous as no they way. were this year, obviously, without Tom Brady. The Titans could have a shift if they don't secure some of those defensive players, and then we could even see the Seahawks fall off even further even though they played injured for most of last season. So um, a lot can happen, and we don't even know what's going on with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Right. (laughs) I mean, Such a weird situation. It is weird. I don't understand what he's disgruntled about. They've constantly put resources around that guy, made a ton of moves this offseason. Just because you lost in the first round of the playoffs, you're trying to blow it up already or give up. (laughs) It's not a good look for Kyler Murray, if you ask me. Not at all. Not at all. So next year they announced that we're playing the NFL is playing a game in Munich, Germany. And if you watch the video, the little promo video they put together, the Chiefs are all over that thing. You got Andy Reid holding up a jersey, you got Mahomes shaking hands yeah, with some Bayern yeah. Munich players. Um I, I I just can't shake the feeling that we're going and I mean Twitter's talking already, you know, all that stuff and it seems like the rumors that we're might we might be playing the Buccaneers for that bonus game in Germany. So <clears throat> it, it it'd be pretty interesting. Like, how cool would it be to go to another country to watch the Chiefs play, though? Uh, if it's an away game, I'm all right with that. That's what I'm saying. Don't take a home game from yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. If it's an away <laughs> game, I'm all right with that. Uh, either way, you know, somebody's getting screwed here though. So, and it, it'll come back to us at some point, you know, we're going to lose a home game at yep. some point for an overseas game. That's probably why they added that 17th game to make it easier on the team. It's like, Hey, you've already, you've always had this eight game season. You're right. going to have your eight right. games regardless of if we move right. that, right. you know, that, uh, that international game. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see what, what we end up doing there, but. Man, I've never been to Germany, but I imagine it's probably pretty fun. <laughs> so that's all we've got for Let's Chief. 
Super Bowl Fifty Six. Yeah, let's get. Let's should jump we into it. should we just end the show here? I mean, I don't even really <laughs> want to talk about it. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> We've got the Bengals making their first appearance in the Super Bowl since nineteen eighty eight, where they lost to the Niners. They actually lost. Fun fact: both of their Super Bowl appearances to the Niners. And you got the Rams making their first appearance since twenty eighteen, when they got pretty much. I mean, that's as close as it gets to a shutout. Yeah, uh, they played the Patriots, and that was maybe the most boring Super Bowl I've ever watched in my entire life. So, Rams are back. Hopefully they can turn it around. Second year in a row, a team has hosted the Super Bowl. Uh, last year, Tampa, the Super Bowl was in Tampa. They got yep. to make it there. And this year, it's at SoFi Stadium in L.A., Inglewood, technically. And the oh, Rams what? are going to to hold it down out there for the home team. So, this is going to be... There's a lot of first-time appearances uh First, first time appearances for players in this big game. I think a lot of them deserve it too. Agreed. Yes. I mean Matthew Stafford. Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm rooting for the Rams so hard yeah. just because of that. Yeah, me too. I like that dude a lot. It absolutely has nothing to do with the loss to the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. That is, you know, has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so it's hard not to like Joe Burrow though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hating them more and more. I, I think it's because of the there's a bias there. Oh yeah, and I mean, it's it hard to overlook that, it. Dude, but he's a gangster. I mean, as so it's funny as Tom Brady's career present, progressed, I like I did not like him at all. Big hate for him. And then as it progressed, it was kind of like, damn, this dude's a G. And I, I I come to respect Tom Brady a lot. Maybe that'll happen with Joe Burrow. But when you give my team heartache, it just kind of yeah. Messes with my psyche a little bit. Mess with my perception. I yeah. mean, I never recovered from my Peyton Manning hate and disdain. <laughs> so Hudson we'll see. Loves him, so don't don't talk too bad about him. <laughs> I'll save that for off the show. I don't want him going irate. We got Hudson sitting in the background here. Much love for coming out, bro. It was good to see you. <laughs> so tail of the tape, man. We get we're looking at all these different positions that are going to be on the field and. Uh, it's a it's a good mix of advantages. It is. And a lot of them are close. Like it's it's really a toss in the air. You know who's got the mm-hmm. better position. Right. What? Uh, whoever's showing up that day. Yeah. You know. Um, but I'm giving the edge at quarterback to the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow's coming in with a lot of uh, you know a lot of moxie, a lot of hype, all those <laughs> all those terms and buzzwords that people like to use when talking about players who are on a hot streak. But he just dethroned the defending AFC uh, two-time AFC champs in the Kansas City Chiefs yep. in Arrowhead, which is right. one of the most hostile environments to play if you're a, an opposing quarterback, especially, especially a young one. Yep. yep, and he came back from a double-digit deficit to yep. take the victory. So Andy hats Reed off to Bo. him. Yeah, right. Choke it out. So hats off to Joe Burrow. Well done. Screw you. That whole thing. <laughs> uh he, he they get the edge. What do you got for running back? So running backs, you got to go with the Rams, especially with Cam Akers being back. I mean, mm-hmm. he's playing phenomenal football right now, and that dude runs hungry. Um, Joe Mixon's a stud. Don't get me wrong, but look at last week or look at the AFC Championship. Right, he didn't do much outside of those screen passes. Right. So I mean, I think they get him a little more involved in the game. They should have been running the ball the whole time, much more than what they were. I think they were trying to trying to make Jamar Chase be the guy. You yeah. Know? And he, it just wasn't there. The, the Chiefs did a great job of shutting that down. 
Um, but I, I think Cam Akers gets the edge here the way they utilize him right now. No, I totally agree. And they're deep. You know what I mean? They yeah. got Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson still on the roster, which they just activated Henderson off the IR. So that's a big, uh, big running back room over there. A lot of they're dynamic. I mean, they're the most dynamic running back group in the league at this point with those three. <clears throat> Wide receiver and tight end. I would give this to the Rams if Tyler Higby was playing, but they ruled him out. So Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and C.J. Zoma, they get the the nod for me with the when it comes to the wide receivers, even though they've got Cooper Cup and OBJ on the other side. And again, like what you said already, it's really close right. with a lot of these right. positional groups. It's not close with some, but it's really close with with the key skill positions on the offense especially. And, I mean, you're looking at the offensive and defensive lines, and I think the Rams got them by a mile in those two groups. Their offensive line was one of the better units, maybe top five in the league this year for for the Rams. And the Bengals allowed the most sacks yeah, right, in right. a playoff game, and Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in the league. Right. So you really can't put a lot of stock into that. And then with the Rams' D-line, there's no overlooking Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and, of course, Aaron Donald. Right. You just can't compare to that. Agreed. Linebackers, you got to give it to the Bengals. Uh, the Rams don't have a lot of big names over there, and the Bengals have had – a couple of guys, Logan Wilson, namely, right. kind of projecting yep, yep, and, yep. and being, you know, a leading force, driving force for that defense. He even got an interception against the Chiefs in the uh, uh, the game we played against them in the regular season. So uh, he's really he's really put some work together. And then when it comes to the defensive backs, I'm split. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. But um, I think you got to look at what was produced. Throughout the season, as far as those guys, you know, a lot of these are big names. Um, who's better of the big names, right? But who's produced more um, throughout the season and the playoffs, obviously. But I think you got to give that one to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bengals secondary was still somewhat been kind of chewed up a little bit right. um, throughout the playoffs specifically. So i got to give it to the Rams. Um, they definitely have the more... Um, capable players of making the big play Mm -hmm. uh, compared to the Bengals. Um, Eli Apple's not the guy. The dude's mouth just runs. Oh, my God. He's a fucking mouthpiece. Yeah. (laughs) He's been doing all this uh, fight for your right to party, and they got cocky and all that stuff, just talking, tweeting out, I'll give you some Super Bowl tickets to Tyreek Hill and all that stuff. I'm all about it. Yeah, jaw if you want, but like you better back it up. And that guy was toast a lot throughout his whole career. Yeah, (laughs) he's played for like four different teams. Yeah, if you were that good, buddy, uh, you would have been there before. And it doesn't look like you have been the way you've been talking. (laughs) (laughs) So halftime show is going to be one for the books. We got Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop Dogg. I, for one, am pumped for this show. Me too. Finally, we can get away from the fucking bringing in 1970s or 1980s bands or whatever it may right. be and just playing soft, soft core rock. or what, you know, <laughs> I'm so tired of that shit. I don't know who picks the halftime show, but finally get something that's like relative to you know everybody that watches right. football. You know, Everybody can get behind, whether you're 40 or 50 and you listen to Dr. Dre back in, you know, back in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody can get behind this at least. Yeah. And if you don't like rap, then at least you might, you know, you can, or hip hop, you can get into, it's going to be a good show either way. Right. Know, like a good sh- entertainment show, you know, not specifically just the music, but absolutely. And I totally agree with you. I mean, uh, while, while those bands are great, you know, don't get me wrong, but, 
uh, when you're bringing them in, they're like in their 70s and 80s. Right, I know, yes. (laughs) So it's just not the same as what you'd get, uh, you know, if they were in their prime. And and I'm also sick of all the pop stars they bring in. You know what I mean? Like, there was one year Lady Gaga did the halftime show, and that just does not resonate with me, and I'd say the majority of football fans. Right, agreed, 100%. That's not what I'm trying to hear. (laughs) So I'm pretty pumped for it. With that, let's move into some bets, man, before we wrap the show. Because uh, the Super Bowl, known for all the props. Right. So we'll play the odds with some of these things. Some of the biggest props and, and what a lot of people love to bet on just because it's such a, you know, they give all these different odds, but it's such an open range of possibilities. The National Anthem time, we'll start there. We'll just move through chronologically how this shit would go down. <laughs> National Anthem is at 138 for the over-under, even odds for both the over and the under. I mean, I don't even know how to look at this. I've never seen that before. Yeah? You've never seen no, it? No, I've never seen that before. I've seen the coin toss and the Gatorade and all that shit, but I've never seen the National Anthem time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. There was one place I saw, and maybe it was, uh, I can't remember where, where the source was, but it was whether or not you believe someone will streak on the field. You can bet on that. Right. It's just like Vegas is probably You could put 100000 on that and then send your buddy, buy him a ticket, send your buddy, and then give him fucking 20 Gs or something. Right. And then you, you, you cash out with, you know, 500 k At worst, he's, well, you can't get found out. Yeah. That's the one yeah, thing. Yeah. You got to write letters or something and then yeah. shred, <laughs> shred the letters. Not even that. Not even that. <laughs> Just you, in person. Yeah, you got to meet at the peanut and have hey, a beer and right. talk about it. Hey, yeah. I got to talk to you about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to go get some wings? Hey. Wink, wink. We'll, uh, let's just throw, you and me, we'll throw the plane tickets on the card. One of us will go do it. Yeah. You won't know who, though. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to hire somebody yeah. else. There's probably some bum out there in Inglewood that'll want to do it. Inglewood? <laughs> so, uh, coin toss, heads or tails. Tails actually... 29 times out of the 55 Super Bowls has been the winner. Yeah. And only 25 times has the visitor called the coin toss correctly. I'm, I'm tails every time. Oh, tails. You know the saying. Yeah. You know what goes after that. <laughs> I'm going for the, you know, the toss to not be called correctly. It seems like the vast majority of what's happened. Yeah, you got to run with that. And then it comes to Gatorade color. This is my personal favorite. It's really funny. So actually, there's five guys that I was talking about this with in the office on Friday. And one of them was the owner of the company and a couple sales guys and a couple accounting guys. We each put a dollar in just as like a fun, funny thing uh, for, a, for a pool. And each of us took a color on the Gatorade. So I'm riding with yellow. Okay. I'm riding with yellow. Okay. And then we also did dollar bets for a bunch of other different prop bets. So I've got a few, a little, it's more bragging rights than anything, of right, course. Right, absolutely. Yeah. I'm 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 riding with yellow. What do I'm, you got? I'm red or green. I think it's gonna be red or green. And if it's not one of those two, it's gonna be orange. Now, well, now I got three. I'm going with red <laughs> or green. Well, Andy Reid and got showered in orange Gatorade when the Chiefs won. I think it was blue, the the other two Super Bowls from the last three years. So uh, I don't think red's a bad pick. It's been a minute. Yeah. There are some passing props. Rushing props, receiving props, those kinds of things. Looking at the numbers here, everything seems kind of low. Lower than what you would expect for like a regular season game. Yeah, I think everything's felt low this whole postseason outside of over-unders for the game. Like the score of the game. Mm-hmm. 
those have been relatively the same. You know, we right. saw 53 or something for the Buffalo Kansas City game, mm-hmm. which that was obviously over. It smashed. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, I feel like everything else has been relatively low. Which yeah. defense wins championships, so maybe that's the thought behind that. That's possible, and you know, uh, Chiefs and Bengals, I think, was upper 40s, if not low yeah. 50s, and yep. it, the under hitting that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd be interested to see where it actually goes. And the the thing that is craziest to me is the passing yards because of how elite these receiving groups are for both these quarterbacks. You've got Burrow sitting at 277 and a half, and you've got Matthew Stafford sitting at 280 and a half. Right. I mean, I just expect so much more out of that group with Jamar Chase, Boyd, and Higgins on one side and Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson on the other. Well, this might be your key to take the over on those. You think so? You know what I mean? Yeah. Try to plug it in, drive up to Council Bluffs and just lay some money down? Plug it in. (laughs) Plug it in. I got nothing going on this afternoon. Maybe I'll just take a trip up there. You in? What? You in? Coming to Council Bluffs with us? No? (laughs) All right. And now anytime touchdowns. There's a lot of touchdowns that can roll out. Um, We're looking at, oh, there we go. We're looking at Joe Mixon at minus 105, Akers minus 110, Sonny Michelle plus 240 for a touchdown. Sonny Michelle, that's a plug. That's that's probably a no-brainer at plus 240. He can probably catch a little screen pass in the red zone for a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, that's definitely possible. My favorite odds that I've seen on here is Tyler Boyd plus 275 for a touchdown. That's juicy. Yep, sure is. And then you also got Jamar Chase at plus 100. Hasn't that dude caught a touchdown like every game they yeah. played? Like it's felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> that dude won me my Super Bowl in my league. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm 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 a big fan of that Tyler Boyd touchdown prop, and there's a yeah. ton of others. I that mean, there's Sony Michelle, man. I'm all over that. That's that's pretty interesting. Oh yeah, and if you're looking at Bovada, you've got like you can pick exact totals. You can pick over unders on a lot of those things. So there's there's shit all over the place money to be made everywhere and you know yes. these guys are making a haul oh yeah <laughs> the oh, house yeah. is just cleaning up oh yeah they love february oh it's love the best february. month of the year yeah. <laughs> it's the best month yeah. of the year How, what do you think Stu finer's got Stu finer Stu finer.com <laughs> so, he's probably got some outrageous shit i don't know i've been fading him a lot this year and it's been played out in my favor <laughs> so Play the odds. Play the odds. Let's do some playoff picks here. All right. I have been okay in the playoffs, eight and five. Uh, the week you submitted, you went five hundred. That's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. Two and one on my locks. I'm taking the Rams. I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, yeah we're we're locked in on the same thing. So I mean, that's just du- we're doubling down on the fastest forty for you. That's, that's just telling you to roll with the crowd. We'll roll with the favorite. We're going minus four and a half in favor of the Rams. Over forty eight and a half for the total game and then trey's even plugging in the red gatorade i'm plugging the red gatorade <laughs> you should lay that down that's my lock that's your lock that's i lock. love it lock of the week is the red Gatorade. lock the red gatorade in you hear that hud yeah. <laughs> last week drake picked the same as us on the spread but he took the under overall in the playoffs the show has not been very healthy 12 and 16 2 and 2 on the locks we're turning around for the Super Bowl. We're going to make some money. It's going to be a profitable We're turn Sunday. Here, Logan. We're going to turn around, bud. You got it? Okay. It's going to be a profitable Sunday. Are you rolling with us on that? What's your pick, Logan? I'm going with the uh, I'm following you guys. 
Yeah. Go to the Rams. Rams. They're covering. You heard it first. So that's all we got, man. That's kind of a quicker show. Um, not a lot to talk about with the Super Bowl with the Chiefs now being involved, I think, kind of kind of makes a little bit of a downer uh, yeah. going through some of these things. But Just you another know, weekend now. Just another weekend. Yeah. I'm ready for off season, dude. Like once the Super Bowl wraps up, that's when it's full force. We're gonna start seeing moves. We're gonna start seeing players getting cut, trades getting agreed to, and some more mock drafts. I'm hungry for the mock draft. Yep. Hey, uh, outside of uh, football, go Team USA. Let's wreck the fucking Chinese. Let's get after it. Baby. Let's get them um, Winter Olympics, baby. I've been Hell watching yeah. the what is it? The long distance ski. I don't know. I don't know. That was one I saw. It looked like they were just walking with skis on their feet. Nobody can fuck with our <laughs> curling team, though. Dude, we're elite. Snowboarding, yeah. elite. Sean White's last year. Last I know. Time he got three gold. I had no idea this dude was still out there shredding the slopes. Right. And he has short hair. That was weird to see. Yeah. yeah. I'm used to the hair dripping out the back of the beanie. <laughs> <laughs> like a red waterfall. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, you know, Trey, it's fucking awesome having you back man i'm glad you made it i'm, I'm hoping uh you know family was excited to see yeah, you dude yeah it's good to be home man it's hell good yeah to be back on the show too yeah warmer a little yes, 40 degrees yes, warmer yeah 20 degrees is a fucking warm front here man <laughs> well we're back baby all right well enjoy your super bowl weekend everyone stay safe driving around doing whatever you need to do it's you know one of those times where you're gathering with family but the most important part is that you're using that uber app so <clears throat> drive around safe get home safe and uh appreciate you listening let's all right. you got anything trey no man that's all i got that's all i got Good <laughs> job, all I... Dan. welcome back thanks brother let's get 